0: Enjoy what you do, but stay on the financial, like don't wait weeks and months, like every month you should be reviewing your financials, you should be speaking with your CFO to understand and look at how we could reduce taxes, reduce costs, reduce expenses, how we could look at growth and
1: expanding. Welcome to the Kaya Cast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers, plus practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry.
2: Welcome back to the Kayakast podcast. I am so excited to share an interview that I had with Felicia Hunter, who is the founder of Euphoric Accounting, located here in New York. And Felicia had so many great insights into what cannabis businesses need to know when it comes to accounting, taxes, all of that. I am so grateful for someone that's from New York who can share those insights to these new businesses that are popping up, they're popping off. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Felicia Hunter from Euphoric Accounting. Felicia Hunter, CPA, is an experienced accounting and finance professional with over 13 years in corporate manufacturing slash asset management. She has extensive experience in all controllership functions, including transactional accounting, gap accounting, cost accounting, entire month-end close, and reporting and analysis. Felicia has obtained specialized cannabis accounting training from the National Association of Cannabis Accounting and Tax Professionals and dope CFO. Felicia, welcome to the Cast podcast. It is fantastic to have you here. Thank
0: you for having me.
2: Let's jump right into your background. I want to hear a bit about your background, You know your professional background, but then how did you end up in cannabis?
0: My dad owned a nightclub and whenever during the daytime I would go, I'd go into his office and play with his receipts, <laughs> I would calculate everything whenever he had numbers in his bar. I'd be like, okay, I'd go and count the inventory, match it back with the receipts. So it was always ingrained in me <laughs> to do something with accounting. When I was in high school, we had an accounting class and it solidified that for me. So I decided, you know, I'll do a finance and my bachelor's and I went to St. John's for my master's in accounting and ended up in the corporate world. And I learned a lot. And it set me up for where I am right now when it comes to cannabis. And since I've been in, I've been helping clients, you know, from the pre-application phase, understanding, are they qualified financially to enter to applications, to their pre-revenue all the way through?
2: Well, I wanna ask you a few things about Euphoric Accounting before we dive into taxes and 280E. What sort of services do you provide? Like you talked about helping people from the application stage to licensing. So, what do you do with a you for accounting with your customers?
0: We work on all phases. So, if you are thinking about entering to I have one store and I'm thinking about opening three. We work with you in all of these phases. We provide full service accounting, we provide CFO services, advisory and consulting. So, if You want all of your monthly books done, you want it reviewed, you want financial statements, we provide financial planning, tax planning. You think anything financial, we're doing it. Inventory, cash management, cash handling, setting up your systems, anything you name it, (laughs) we're doing it.
2: (laughs) How do you help in that application phase?
0: What I've noticed when I was speaking to a few people who are entering the space is they think that, okay, I have 100 grand and that's enough and they don't realize all of the expenses that are needed. Coming in, depending on your state, you're needing between 3.5 to $5 million just for that first year starting off, because you have to build out your space, you have to think about your inventory, all of your licensing fees, because licensing fees can range from like 50,000 to 100,000 a year. So you have to take into these consideration all of these expenses that most people aren't even thinking about. So that's where I come in and I'm like, okay, this is what you need to be prepared for. Because when you're gonna sit and apply, they're gonna wanna see your financials. They're gonna say, okay, do you have funding for this? Because they're not gonna approve you if you don't have funding.
2: Is it pretty like shocking to some of those licensees, like (laughs) where they're like, oh, I've got this. I mean, that's a lot of money, like $300, $500,000. And they're like, no, 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 you need $3.5 million. Right, because
0: on average business, you're like, I have that, I can open up. I can go to the bank. I can like, hey, give me a bank account give me credit cards, I can go to a landlord here, get some inventory, we're go. But in cannabis it's so much more complicated yeah. than that. Like the licensing fees, your taxes, everything is about three to four times more than an average business.
2: Staying on the licensing, are you working with any social equity licenses and helping them?
0: I would love to. I haven't as of yet, but I would love to. I am definitely open. I'm here to help anybody. They need the education, they need the help, they need the support, and I'm here for it because this industry has had enough challenges and they're already facing the most challenges, so why not give the support that they need?
2: Totally. Well. Let's jump into that question that so many people have when it comes to accounting and cannabis. Tell me about 280E. Like, what do I need to know? What does a new licensed applicant or even just someone in the industry need to know about 280E?
0: Right, so a little history on 280E, it reversed a tax court ruling for Edmondson versus commissioner in 1982. He sold cocaine, cannabis, anything illegal. And they were like, no, nah, we're not allowing him to deduct anything. And so the task court decided, hey, you know what? We're going to implement 280E. And 280E basically says that any expense that you have, you cannot deduct it. Anything ordinary and normal in your business that a normal business is allowed to take, you are no longer. Your rent, your salaries, anything you're not allowed to take into consideration.
2: What does that translate then for a dispensary
0: owner? The caveat to it is that there is a section in the tax code and it's called 471C. It's absorption method accounting, which allows you to take cost of goods sold and apply it. So basically you take all of your revenue that you have and you offset it against cost of goods sold. So that reduces your tax liability. The negative is, though, you still have the highest tax burden compared to any other industry.
2: So then when you're working with clients, how do you kind of come alongside them and help them navigate? Because this is, I'm getting confused. It's like, is it 280 or 471? Like, what do you do to kind of come alongside them and help them understand?
0: So it starts with being able to sit down, understand what their business is, because... Every business is handled differently. Your product types are different and create a strategic plan for them. We want to understand what their goals are. We want to prep them with tax planning. We want to understand all of the ins and outs of their business because once we understand that, then we're able to build this full absorption, this full robust accounting system for them. And with that accounting system, we're able to track all of their expenses, all of their costs, categorize them into the correct category so that we could apply cost of goods sold and the absorption method to reduce their taxes. Be mindful of your cost. Be very mindful of your costs. Be mindful of your spaces and your expenses. You want to make sure that at all expenses, you're reducing the costs that you have, but you still want to have quality product. So invest in your product, but reduce your expenses as much as possible when it comes to dispensaries and consumption lounges. When you're working with cultivators or processors, they have a little bit more that they could allocate to 471C, which is the absorption method to reduce their tax liability.
2: So what are some of the common challenges that businesses face when it comes to taxes and accounting in cannabis?
0: Your POS system's not being set up right. If your POS system is not integrated correctly, not capturing your expenses, not capturing your discounts... like. If someone comes into your store and they buy bag of flour and you say, hey, this is a free pre-roll, if it's not capturing that free pre-roll, your inventory is wrong. You have to have your inventory systems and POS systems accurately. People not understand the different types of taxes that affect them because people you know, initially think, oh, we just have to pay our state, we just have to pay federal, but we have state. Federal, local, excise tax, sales tax, you name it, business taxes. There's a lot of taxes, so people aren't just not aware of and cognizant of these things. And having an accountant, having an advisor takes away this stress, lets people say, okay, I don't have to deal with this and <laughs> can put it on someone else.
2: Well, and having an accountant that is trained in cannabis, too. Like, you can't just have any accountant jump on there and they know what they're doing, right? They have to have people <laughs> like you that are trained and understand the (laughs) complexities can you explain excise tax and how that kind of impacts cannabis business owners so
0: everyone knows sales tax it's just any goods or service that you have you're going to be taxed on it excise tax theoretically and for everyone it's generally applied to like tobacco alcohol or fuel and essentially it's a deterrent tax like they don't want you to consume it they don't want you to do it so they're going to put on a tax However, with cannabis, it's not seen as a deterrent tax anymore. It's seen as a tax to fund social programs. So that's the good side <laughs> of the tax. But the bad side of the tax is that you could be taxed on so many different ways. You could be taxed on the percentage of your THC the percentage of your gross sales. You could be taxed on the weight of the flour. You could be taxed at each level. So if it moves from the cultivator to the processor, you're taxed, and then from the processor to the dispensary, you're taxed. So it all depends on your locale in your state, how you're going to be taxed, what, and then if they're going to do multiple taxes for this exercise task, or is this just going to be one type of tax that you're subject to
2: how do you keep track of that excise tax what you're being taxed on is it difficult for business owners is there lots of confusion
0: it is a lot of confusion especially if your pos system is not initially set up for it you have to make sure that when you're setting up your pos system you know what your locale because let's say you have three dispensaries each locale might have three different types So you want to make sure you know your locale, how they want you to be taxed, and your state and how you want to be taxed. And then you have to remit on time. You have to make sure that you're remitting every month on time. Just like how you would do your payroll taxes and your self-employment, you have to make sure you're remitting your taxes on time.
2: What's some of the penalties if you're not getting your stuff in on time? If you miss a month or something, like, is there pretty strict? penalties in the industry? Yes.
0: Unfortunately, yes. So you will get fined and you will get late fees. So why waste the money? (laughs) Why give the added stress when you're allowed to just, you know, do an estimated for your state taxes? You could do estimated. But everything that you collect for your excise at the end of the month, you have to remit. So in 15 days, make sure you're remitting that payment to your locale in your state. But you have to think long-term, you have to think of the end and say, you know what, it's worth it. Cause if it's going to fund social programs, you know, the hardest part is just setting up the system and then remitting it. Cause you're collect. the system's gonna tell you to your customer, hey, this is what it is. And then you're like, okay, we're gonna just, at the end of the month,
1: run a report and send it over. <laughs> The KayaCast is brought to you by KayaPush, the cannabis industry's go-to software for simplifying people management. Streamline your HR, payroll, compliance, and employee management with KayaPush.
2: Like we talked about earlier, the cannabis industry has been just evolving and changing and New York, this emerging market. What do you kind of see... the horizon like what do you kind of anticipate in terms of taxes and regulations for the years ahead well fingers crossed
0: that more states decide to decouple from 280 because i think states are now recognizing that it's more of a detriment than a benefit because you can still collect you know a sufficient tax revenue to fund social programs without burdening businesses with you know 280e on both a state and federal level. Hopefully states will also take into consideration, if they're not gonna do that, giving businesses one year free, tax-free holiday, just so that they could build their business and, you know, make them grow and thrive and then say, okay, you know, after one year mark, now you have to start, just to kind of build up and see.
2: Can you explain to me a bit, because New York decoupled from 280, so what does that look like for the average business here in New York?
0: So that means that when you're filing your taxes, you're not paying federal taxes on your gross profit. You're paying it just like any other business would on your net profit. So you're getting to deduct all (laughs) of the good stuff. All the things that normal businesses are allowed to deduct you're able to deduct at the state level so it's just the state level but at least when you're filing your taxes it's just a little bit less tax burden on you so you could invest that in your business
2: well and you talked a bit about technology but how do you see technology really playing a role in compliance and taxes and and that for cannabis businesses
0: i see a lot of businesses coming on in the tech world that are gonna benefit and make things easier. I think people have been hesitant to enter the space. And now that they're seeing that it's not a bad space and it's a good space to enter, it will expand a lot of companies to come in and be like, okay, we could provide this service. We could help with POS systems and how to track your inventory. As the years go on, we're gonna start seeing a lot of companies come in and build good technology that will help. <laughs> Even for us accountants, we don't have good technology as of yet. So we're doing a lot of work around with what's currently available, but there are businesses out there that are like, okay, we could come in here and it's a good space to be in and they're gonna start you know, taking over <laughs> and building stuff that's making you know people in this industry lives so much easier.
2: Our company, Kaya Push, we do HR, payroll, all of that. But really, at the end of the day, we're a compliance company because we integrate with all of the point of sale systems Mm -hmm. to be able to make sure that your staff is staying compliant. And I think that really is, that's what your software needs to provide, your technology, security, whatever, that you're staying compliant with in this industry.
0: And in one space to make it easier because having to go to a bunch of different places makes it very complicated. And Unfortunately, it allows for stuff to slip through the cracks.
2: As a business owner yourself, what advice would you give to someone that's considering starting a business in the cannabis industry?
0: I would say be open to criticism, feedback, advice, because people who have been in the industry, they know and you want the best for yourself and they're going to give you, you know, what they've experienced. And so you take it, be open to it, have good advisors. When you have a good advisor on your team, whether you know it's a CFO, a lawyer, compliance officers, they're the ones that are your support system. They take off a burden so you can focus on what you truly enjoy. And that makes it easier for you to enjoy your business and also to remain In business because that's the main thing and then enjoy what you do but stay on the financial like don't wait weeks and months like every month you should be reviewing your financials you should be speaking with your CFO to understand and look at how we could reduce taxes reduce costs reduce expenses how we can look at growth and expanding those are
2: a lot of good tips I just asked for one but you gave me a whole bunch (laughs) So, Felicia, how can people connect with you and Euphoric Accounting and, you know, get connected to what you guys are doing and find out more about you?
0: So you could come to my website. It's www.euphoricaccounting.com. I'm on LinkedIn. We are also on Instagram, so any which way, you could shoot us a note and we will respond.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I had a great time and I really feel like, yeah, your your explanation of some of those things was, was really insightful and illuminating for me. And I have these same sort of conversations a lot, so I, I appreciate what you had to share.
0: Thank you for taking the time and having me on. I appreciate it.
2: I talked to so many accountants for this podcast and every single time i talk to them about you know 280e and cannabis it's so fascinating to see the complexities around the issue and the ways to work around it there's no easy answer and the best answer i've heard is that if there if you think there's an easy answer there's not it's difficult figuring out taxes and all of that so bringing on a trained professional is so so important and So I would encourage you to reach out to Felicia. We'll have all of the links in our bio. She's a great, great source of information. If you're a cannabis business here in New York, if you're a social equity uh, business here in New York that's looking for some help, reach out to Felicia and she's here to help. I also want to thank you for listening to the Kaya Cast podcast, subscribing, and for sharing it. Share this podcast with your friends. If you are finding value in the content that we're creating here, Share it with people because there is so much confusion in this industry and we need to hear from experts like Felicia who are able to make sense of it. So thanks again for listening to the Kaya Cast podcast and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Kaya Cast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.